Hello and welcome to episode number 105 of the Course on Pulse. Today is February 5th, and just this morning, we got something we've been waiting for for quite some time now, considering we're only 108 days until Solo A Star Wars Story. We got the Super Bowl teaser and the story teaser this morning. Oh, and with me as normal, I have James. Trailers, trailers, trailers. Yeah, it was... Just basically, as you called it, James, that they dropped something during the Super Bowl. And it was our first actual look at what the solo movie was going to look like. And I think the my first reaction to it after I saw it was, this was not what I was expecting. What were you expecting? I was expecting something a lot more lighthearted. This... This honestly looked like kind of like a a more standard adventure film. And by adventure, I guess I mean like it's a mix of adventure, but then it also looks like there's going to be a heist going on. And then there's that weird like hand-to-hand almost fight on the top of a train. There was just a lot going on in that teaser trailer, which had me excited, but it was... I, I was expecting a train wreck, and that's not what I saw here. It still could be. It could just be great editing of a trailer. Could be. You know, um, it, it won't be the first time that we've wound up running into a film where the trailers were better than the actual movie itself. Very true. Uh, I was also surprised, because much like you, I think I was expecting a lighthearted, goofy... Not comedy, but, uh, you know, not epic drama that we got out of the the trailer, like that epic drama vibe. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Like, it feels like we have a, a standard action film here, as opposed to something that was going to be a much more comedic bent. Which is probably better for us as the viewer and Lucasfilm for the people trying to make money. I mean, it could be. I still wanted to know and wanted to see a Star Wars comedy. But just with the way that this one has gone, I, I'm kind of glad that it's not trending too far in that direction. I mean, obviously, it looks like they're going to have a number of, like, sight gags and the like. But do you want to know what's one thing that, you know, and this might just be me. Han seemed to need to be the guy who would crack jokes and the like. And I don't know. I get I got the feeling from the teaser trailer that he was actually probably going to wind up being the straight man. Is that what you got from him? So that's part of what I got from him. But overall, I got a vibe that uh, Han is not mature in his persona yet. Han is still learning. Han Han is still learning to be that cocky best pilot of the galaxy. He wants to be there, but he's not there yet. And 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 to me, that kind of feels like we're gonna get more of that straight man because he's not even comfortable in his own shell. Now, it may be that's not how they intended this movie to be, but I feel like it's possible considering the actor that's playing Han that that's what they had to edit it into. See, I'm not sure about that. I you've you've mentioned that a couple times to me uh separately about how you think that this is going to be a more unsure Han Solo, someone who doesn't know where his feet are supposed to go. 
I think that you're going to have the brashness of a teenager here. Like, and just the, he is going to be more cocky because he has not failed anything yet. See, I'll agree to disagree with you on that one. I think you're going to have him, he's going to be cocky, sure. But, you know, he's an orphan. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Absolutely. But I think he's going to get smacked down hard in some way, shape or form. Maybe that's just him flunking out of the academy you know there's going to be something in the beginning of the movie that kind of gives him a wallop and is like oh you know you're not going to be able to get through this on just your bravado Ooh, i don't know about that i feel like that might happen towards the middle or end as opposed to a framing device that's possible but i'm betting uh maybe even interestingly maybe it would happen towards the middle or end but it'd be a flashback to him in the academy I don't think so. I don't think it happens at the Academy. And that's that's kind of me speculating there. But I just feel like, you know, his old story, a lot of it revolved around the Imperial Academy and being kicked out because he had principles and the like. I feel like this is going to be something very different. Really? Yeah. I mean, he point blank says it in the trailer. That uh, he d- got kicked out of the Academy because he had a mind of his own? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't mean what I think you think it means. I mean, it could. It doesn't necessarily mean what you think you think it means. That's true. I I get the feeling that he had an unauthorized relationship. Oh. That would be an interesting turn. Yeah, see, I I get the feeling, like, just with who Han is, I don't think he gets his comeuppance. Ever. Until his son <laughs> lightsabers him, basically, yeah. Until and un- and we still haven't seen Han fail. Like we don't know where things went wrong between him, Leia, and Ben. Like we still haven't seen that because that time frame is still a black hole. Han Solo, the the man who never gets his comeuppance. Kind of, yeah. Especially considering what happens with Kanja Club. <laughs> um. So one thing that I did want to mention, though, and something that it looks like they're going to add to this film, which is not something that we've ever actually seen before, and that is Han Solo flying something that's not the freaking Falcon and being good at it. That is a very nice and interesting uh, um, thing to see. Yeah, because if you think about like, there's all this talk about Han being an expert pilot. And I didn't realize it, but we've only ever in the movies seen Han pilot two things, a Tauntaun and the Falcon, and that's it. And so for me, because he put so much work into the Falcon, I guess I didn't realize, but I had a question like, is he actually a good pilot or is the Falcon just that good of a ship? Oh man, it's more the ship than him, you think? I think that that may have been a possibility, but now it looks like they're kind of fleshing out, like, no, Han can fly anything. He just specifically flies the Falcon because it's his baby. I mean, you did see, you never saw him actually pilot it, but he was flying that freighter. Yeah, and even then, though, it wasn't like he was doing anything complicated with it. This is true. I don't know. I I think that that will add an interesting dynamic. I also never thought it was more the ship than him. 
Yeah, for me, I don't know. I don't know if I think it was, but I think that it was unclear. Like how much how much of all of his crazy shenaniganry was due to him as a pilot versus how much was it because the Falcon is is a ship that he is tuned to perfection in some ways. You know, when it's not on fire. I'm hoping we don't see the Falcon too messed up in this film because, dear God, does it look beautiful, the little bits we've seen of it. I get the feeling, though, that <laughs> I know that there's a funny image going around where Chewbacca, like, comes in wet and then shakes off in the Falcon, and that's what makes it all dingy. But just knowing what has happened in the original trilogy, I feel much more comfortable saying that some of Han's like changes and the like had set things on fire and most of that smoke damage. <laughs> I, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I that's what I get the feeling is. But we'll see. There was just so much to unpack in these things. Yeah, like I think I think actually my favorite piece of the film uh, or of the teaser rather that we saw was actually in the Super Bowl teaser and not in the story teaser. And that is when there was an Imperial processing facility where it looked like he was getting interviewed uh, as kind of like intake to a planet where I think he was maybe trying to join the Academy or something. That's what it looked like a lot. And that was just something really, really interesting. I also enjoyed uh, the Super Bowl teaser a little bit more. And it was that next scene of that Star Destroyer coming out of a nebula or whatever it was. That was a really cool scene. And I do have a question for you, James. Hit me. So considering what we see in that scene and then in the, uh, you know, in the seconds afterwards where it's just like, oh, you know, we're fine. And then, you know, tentacles and everything. Do you think that they've maybe changed what the Kessel Run was? Do you think that maybe that is the Kessel Run and that now it's actually through a nebula with all kinds of like space craters and the like between them? And typically people have to go around, but he cut down the number of parsecs by going through. I wasn't even thinking that, but it is the only thing that makes sense now that you've said it. (laughs) I mean... It makes a lot more sense than the Kessel Run that we used to know of just, you know, asteroids and such and gravity wells. Now you have space monsters. Yeah, I mean, granted, space monsters is a wonderful Star Wars trope that I honestly love. I am all aboard for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love the I just want the, it to make sense for the film. I don't want them just to throw the monster in there just to throw the monster in there. Well, I don't know. Like... You say throw the monster in there to throw the monster in there, but, you know, space monsters are space monsters. Like, it's it's an explanation and a reason for why the Kessel Run is so dangerous, potentially, if that is the Kessel Run. We'll see. Oh, oh yeah, that's fine. I just don't want the, I don't want that scene to just be like a random scene that had no bearing in the plot. Kind of almost like uh, the space worm in Empire Strikes Back. Where it was kind of just, oh, they landed there, and oh, they're not on an asteroid, there's a space worm. How dare you? I'm just saying. I don't no, know. I'm kidding. 
Because it's space. How is it surviving? There's no gravity. There's no atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? No. No, not really. That that was never a problem that, that I've had with, with space animals and that kind of thing. I don't anticipate that everything in the universe, you know, breathes oxygen. That's fair. You know, the thing that's slowly lighting up ourselves from the inside out. Mm. I wonder, this is an interesting thought, what if that's not actually in space? What if that's in the atmosphere of a, a gas giant? It could be. That'd be weird, but could be. It could be interesting. Yeah. Either way, I'm just, that, that scene has me excited, just the way it was shot that we've seen yeah a lot of the stuff that i've seen about the star wars pieces like the things that happen in space the things that are so again we've talked about this a couple times everything surrounding han solo to me is really interesting but solo himself i I just i'm not that interested in and so there's a hockey commentator that i follow named greg wasinski and he he had some thoughts on the solo trailer as well. And he said that his biggest problem with it is that Han Solo is supposed to be the suave, you know, like kind of like cocksure character who's got like suave and uh, and, you know, swagger for days. But. In reality, you have him sharing screen time with Woody Harrelson and Donald Glover. So he's already number three on the list on screen whenever he's in a scene with both of them. That is why I lean more towards he is not as cocksure as you think he is until the end of the film. I think he learns his cocksureness from those two, their characters, Lando and uh, Beckett. Or Bennett. Which was it? Beckett or Bennett? I think it's Bennett. Yeah. I think he learns it from them, and by the end of the film, his cocksure swagger is there more and more believable. And I think they just had to shoot it that way because this guy is no Harrison Ford. See, I think that his cockiness is there the entire time, and they try to make it there the entire time, because I think that Bennett's whole teaching piece is that Bennett is teaching him how to interact and how to smuggle. Whereas Lando is the face man for, for their con jobs, much in the way that he was in Timothy Zahn's book, Scoundrels. I mean, I don't think your view of it necessarily precludes mine. Mm. See, my thing is, is that he is fully cocksure and he is an equal to Bennett and Lando in his cockiness but not necessarily in his ability to execute. Maybe. Like, like, to me, when I see him and I see this character, I feel like that character thinks he has all the answers already. And he's going to act as if he has all those answers. See, I don't, I don't buy that only because of what we saw in, I think it was the full trailer, uh, where Kira is saying, I know exactly, I might be the only one who knows exactly who you are. And he just kind of like, he tries to pull off the grin, and he's like, what's that? Like, I, I, I feel like he knows he's not there yet. 
I don't know. Uh, th- this might be one where we will see in 108 days exactly what goes down. But there was something else that apparently has caught a lot of people by surprise. And that is how damn awesome Donald Glover looks as Lando Calrissian. Oh, he just looks great. Yeah, he looks fantastic. And I think that that's really going to be an interesting piece. And, you know, the thing that I've seen some people say is, why couldn't have this been a Lando movie? And I'll say this much. I would have been way more interested in a Lando movie than a Han Solo movie. But that being said, you know, I don't know how much stuff Don Glover has. I don't think we'll ever see an actual Lando movie because you, you can't. You can't go from Billy D. Williams to Donald Glover and then toss it to someone else again. For better or worse, like, Donald Glover is our new Lando. I don't necessarily think he wouldn't be willing to do it again. I just don't think he has the time. Do you know what makes time? Money. Oh, he's even, he's voicing Simba in the remake of The Lion King. Yeah, like, the thing is, is that the longest thing that he has ever worked on was probably Community. Aside from that, a lot of his projects like kind of like pop up and then go away. So I don't know if we would get a standalone Lando movie. And just because he seems he seems to like to have creative freedom, and that's not something that you tend to get with Disney all the time. So it's kind of like they'd have to come to him with a script that he approved of before he would jump aboard. And they probably wouldn't bother with that. It looks like... It looks like you're right, but... I'm just looking through his... Uh, his uh, CV, essentially. He is it's the show- massive. He's the showrunner of the new Deadpool um, animated series coming out. Yeah, like he's he's all over the place with the things that he does. Like he's a musician, he's a showrunner. I know he's written episodes of things before. I think he had his own show called Atlanta or something like that recently that was came out to huge critical acclaim. Like he he has a lot of different projects and I just don't think that unless he absolutely adored being Lando, I don't think he'd come back for just that. Maybe, maybe not. I, I think, you know, he's 34. I think there's a lot of 30-somethings who grew up on Star Wars who, you know, if he really loved playing the role and he's offered a decent amount of money, he'd probably do it. Maybe. You know, between money and uh, Star Wars fandom, who knows? You know, I think one big thing to kind of know and remember is that you know these these actors like they have their lives outside of Star Wars. They have other projects that they're aiming to do and will continue to do. Nope, Star Wars. I kid. Obviously, they have their other lives outside of Star Wars. Oh, I'm not willing to write it off. Yeah, I I do think though. Like going back to a couple of things that we mentioned before. I feel like the visual design of this movie is absolutely on point. 
know, it, it's something that's felt a little bit off or weird about both The Force Awakens and, uh, and The Last Jedi. In some ways, both of those movies, up until the point in The Last Jedi where they get to, um, what's it called? Until they get to Dakar? Not Dakar. Until they get to Crate. It feels a little bit too clean. It feels like it is from the prequel era as opposed to the original trilogy era. And I don't really know why I feel that way. But with Rogue One and this Han Solo movie, it really feels like they're back in the original trilogy. And I think that that's a really, really neat thing. Yeah, this this film feels it just feels like it's in Star Wars. It, it just has that used future look to it. Just from the detention area or whatever that is, is the detention area or marshalling area. It honestly looked like passport control. It did. Um, I like the droid that uh, we're seeing so far. Yeah. Do you want to know? There are two things about that droid that I'm really intrigued by. One, it's a humanoid droid that at least appears to have specifically... um, you know, engineering or piloting background. That's something we've never seen before. Yeah, almost all humanoid droids that we've seen are either battle droids or protocol droids. Any kind of astromech or, like, fixing things, those are other things. And I know Lebo was, like, a thing in the old EU, but I'm just talking about, like, droids that we have seen on screen. Yeah. Which, mild tangent, which of these planets do you think is Corellia? I want to say I think it's the Dust Bowl. See, I think it's the snow, one with the snowy mountaintops. Ew. I'd hope not. But, alright, so what makes you say that you think that Corellia is the snowy one? I remember uh, two things. Partially my own memory and partially the review of the trailers I read. Um, I think it was put out by io9, maybe? Uh, reminded me that Han had talked about Corellia having mountain, snowy mountaintops, like snowy mountain ranges at parts of the planet. When did that happen? I forget 100%. They didn't source it, but I, if I was going to place a wager, I would say it's during that very shitty um, Corellia Crisis trilogy. So, so wait, so not in the current canon. No, no, no. Not in the current canon. Okay. Because, no, it's yeah, legends. Because, I mean, in the old canon, like, there were, like, six different types of Corellia to the point where what they wound up doing is they split Corellia up, and basically, like, you had six or seven different planets that were, like, near human. Because I remember uh, one of my RPG characters came from one of those planets. Did you do one of those furry creatures? No, 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 I wasn't one of the Salonian kind of things. I was a, I was a near human from one of the icy cold planets from one of the many descriptions of Corellia. Yeah, yeah, they just kept describing Corellia like craziness. Yeah, but so there's a specific reason why I think it's a Dust Bowl planet, and that is if you have a plethora of pilots from a location, typically that place is going to wind up being very kind of dingy because it's going to have been industrialized 
Like, it's not going to have those pristine peaks and caps of that kind of thing. Because then there wouldn't be enough people to, like, fly or drive. Crazy idea. Crazy idea. That, and there is one other thing. Get So, Star Wars Explained had has a really nice breakdown of the trailer as well. And one of the things that he notes is that it looks like there's a Sabacc game in one of the in one of the shots that Donald Glover is sitting at, and Han kind of walks in the door there. And to me, that was a very kind of like dirty kind of spacer bar, and that is what I expect Corellia to be, because specifically the there was one other big reason for it, and that is how do you describe Corellia? You describe Corellia as space taxis. Maybe, maybe Corellia would be the first planet we see in Star Wars with very varied ecosystems. That could totally be the case too. Like an Earth-like planet that has different temperatures and climates, and maybe all of its Corellia—the beaches, the sand. I don't know. I I think that as much as I would love for. A Star Wars director to direct an entire movie on just one planet. I I don't see that happening, especially if you're supposed to have a grand pilot. You're you're probably right. Uh, I don't know. I don't like the idea of it being a sand planet. I just don't. Oh, it's not sandy. It's just dirty. That that's how I see it. See, I always saw it as like a Coruscant light. In my mind's eye. No, yeah, I, I could absolutely understand that. I think it makes a lot of sense, too. But... Just a dirty one, you're th- say, thinking? Yeah, I think for me, I think the planet's just dirty. A planet that's just a hive of den, a den of thieves, scoundrels, uh, and uh, beatniks? Something like that. I forgot the word I was going to use, and beatniks is the first thing that popped to my mind. Yeah, that was a weird one. Did you notice the dice? I did not. Were the dice in the thing? They were. When he's driving Kira in the full trailer, and there's a that scene where she's looking at him with maybe a little bit of admiration and skepticism. She's see- looking at him like he's a mark. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's gold dice swinging back and forth from the... Uh, uh, it's not a rearview mirror, you know, like just kind of like a little... Do- Tongle there. Doggle, you know. A dongle? Yeah. And there they are, just swaying. We have come full circle with the dice. I'm just going through this, you know. I'm not seeing much else. Yeah, because, I mean, that's one thing where they're calling it an official story teaser as opposed to trailer. It told us nothing about the, t- the story. Told us a little bit, specifically a line. I'm putting a team together. You want in? That that was that was pretty much the summation of the plot. <laughs> There's a team, there will be a job, and that's where we'll go from there. And that's why I think like it there will be a heist of some variety. I I also really get the feeling that they're going to steal that train that we see. Oh yeah, I got that sh- feeling that um that's some major point at some point. Them and, stealing that train. And I think that's going to look really cool when it happens. Uh, I think it has to by its very nature because the train itself already looks really cool. It's like a double train with a uh, train above and below the track. That, and you know, I think 
that droid is super cool, and I think the other aliens that they're introducing are going to be really neat. Oh, just overall, like, the visual design for this film is, again, the thing that has me most excited. I, I'm i still unconvinced it's going to be a great Star Wars movie. I'm unconvinced it's going to be a great movie. But I think it's going to look badass. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I'm not convinced. My hype level for this movie did go up quite a bit seeing the trailers. Uh, now that I am uh, have seen it, I'm of the mind of, you know, I actually really want to see this movie as opposed to, yay, Star Wars. Now it's like, yes, Star Wars, and yes, I want to see it. Yeah, I hear that. So, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about today? No, I had wanted to do a couple of quick things. Uh, I think you and I had talked about it, but, uh, you know, our unofficial official forum mod, Reddit, Lear, Antilles, has been talking a lot, but this this trailer dropped, so we'll save that for next week. <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me. Red Leader, we're still reading them. We're getting to you. Yeah, and thank you very much for the comments. And if anyone else wants to leave comments too, you can do so by either dropping us a line on SoundCloud, going to puppetstatemedia.com and leaving a comment on our episode there, or sending us a note or message on Facebook or Twitter, which is The Coruscant Pulse. You know, thank you very much, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. And Dave better send me my money, because I was right.